Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show. Very excited here. Uh, just a negative uh, COVID, my third time COVID. Thank you, Pfizer. <laughs> hey, when something works, it works. <laughs> when it works, it works. My aunt and uncle both got it. We were at Carnegie Hall, and uh, we had a great night there of comedy. Sold out Carnegie Hall, Rosebud Baker, Mike Feeney. And we do the show, and uh, the next night we go to Carnegie Music Hall in Pittsburgh, another amazing show. Uh, on the way home, I just start feeling those knives in your in your uh, sinuses. I'm like, uh-oh, maybe. Then I, my aunt called me. She goes, can you test? Because we both feel like shit. Because usually you don't even test anymore. Then I test it. I'm like, okay. But after three days, it's kind of, it's over. Um, I, I do want to say thank you to anyone who came out to Carnegie Hall. It was a one of the best stand-up comedy shows I've ever done. It's this amazing venue. Louie was in the audience, which is like, that's really awesome to have somebody, you know, at that level of the business come and enjoy it, you know? Mm -hmm. All my uh, managers and agents <laughs> were there. And what you realize when you spend time with your managers and agents is just, they're just terrible. I mean, <laughs> they're, you know, they're just like, I mean, they're exactly who they should be. Here's what I'll say, and this is not a knock on any of them, by the way. And it sounds like it is, but it's not. They're exactly who they should be. Everybody's behaving exactly how they should. My business manager, the man who's in charge of all my money, went to Flight Club <laughs> and bought those little sneakers, the lobster sneakers. Uh -huh, uh -huh. What are they, Nike? Yeah. The Nike lobster sneak. This is the man who manages my money. He went like a 15-year-old ditching uh, high school to flight club, gets these lobster sneakers, and then he puts the bands on the ends, like in the in the dressing room or green room of Carnegie Hall. <laughs> the man is sitting there with the these sneakers, and then he puts the bands on the end of them. Yeah. <laughs> to to and then Ray Comp goes, "What are you doing?" And then he goes, "Oh, it's like the claws." Like you know the way they mm -hmm. they they bind they bind the claws of the lobster. Yeah, he's put in Carnegie Hall. He's putting these bands on the outside of his shoes, and he's taking photos of the shoes and putting them on Instagram. He, he's taking photos of the shoes and putting them on Instagram. Carnegie Hall, <laughs> but he doesn't care. They don't care about Carnegie Hall because it's not like twenty thousand people. So to them, it's like they don't understand. You know, like, they're, they're just kind of like, I think some of them think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, so this is, this is what the guy, the guy has, uh, you know, he's putting bands on the end of his, he, want, he just belongs at a state fair. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. He just belongs at a state fair, go, going up in a, you know, going to a tent, going, here, will you deep fry this? You know those tents they have at the State Fair where they go, we'll deep fry your Rolex. Yeah. Give it to us. <laughs> That's where he belongs. But, you know, it's good. He's managing uh, my money, so great. <laughs> a nightmare on the way getting to Pittsburgh. I want to talk about this because I think that there are 
companies out there that uh, they get, there's a certain, and Airbnb was at this point, there's a certain point when there are the famous quote, there are two roads diverged in a wood. Which one are you going to take? I warn a lot of companies, and I do it out of the goodness of my heart. And the reason that I'm correct is that I'm a consumer. I'm out there doing the things, seeing the value of things. Um, it's part of the job. And I warned Airbnb months and months ago, years ago. I said, you're giving people a cleaning fee of 400 something dollars and expecting them to clean the house. This is going to get to be a problem. People are not going to stomach that. You're asking them to swallow a $400 fee to do something that you're making them do. So I, I called that out years ago. Because of that, I was removed from the service, you know? But I was correct. Airbnb has lost so much market share. Nobody's staying in Airbnbs anymore. When somebody tells you they're in an Airbnb, it's almost like, what's wrong with you? When somebody says that, like, oh, we got an Airbnb. I go, oh, everybody's back in hotels. The Airbnb thing is over. And I knew it. I knew it. I saw the hosts getting weird about their houses, getting weird about the rules, how strict they were and how the type of person that was attracted to being an Airbnb host. I could see it all before it materialized. And they did not heed my warning. I'm going now to discuss another company. I see a similar problem, and this is called Clear. <laughs> Clear right now is becoming a problem of Airbnb proportions. If you are not a frequent traveler, but even if you've been to an airport, you've probably noticed the the little clear vestibules, whatever they call them. Now, you, you maybe you haven't because they're actually not in a lot of airports. Kiosks. I don't even know what to call these. Clear is a service that allows you to bypass the regular security line when you are flying. Clear, by the way, is a private company. It's funny. It reminds me of when Patrice O'Neill on ONA was like, once you find out the Fed, the Federal Reserve, is a private bank, nothing's ever the same for you. Like, it's fucked. Mm -hmm. Clear is a private company. The company in charge of, of, of security at the airport, which I thought was affiliated in some way with the government, is a private company. I remember years ago, I was on a security line. I'd woken up late. I was like, you know, stressed out. And they see you and they pick you out and they go, hey, why don't you come over here and sign up for Clear? And what Clear is, is they take your biometric data. They scan your eyes and your fingerprint. They run you through a database and then you are all clear. You get to skip the line and you get to go ahead of everybody else. You don't need your ID. They tell you, you don't need your ID. Fly without your ID. You're going clear. Okay? They take your biometric data, 
And then they go, boom, there you go. And the first couple of times you do it, it works perfectly. And you go, this is a really great idea. Wow, look at me. I'm clear. You start getting to the airport 18 minutes before the flight. I mean, it's crazy. You start trying to time <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I've missed flights because I've just underestimated how long the clear line would be. Because the clear has now a lot of people. So there's a line for clear now. In the beginning of it, you would just breeze. And sometimes now you still breeze. Clear promised. Find out how many airports it's in. When, when you signed up for clear, they go, we are going to be everywhere. We are going to be everywhere. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. They are now, I believe, in, it's not a lot. What is it, 26 airports or something? Uh, it's a few dozen, yeah. It's a, Yeah, it's, it's like a, a few dozen. It's not a lot of airports. Uh, okay, 51 airports. Clear is now in 51 airports. Mm-hmm. So, Clear promises, okay, we're going to... We're going to be everywhere. They're not everywhere. There's certain terminals that don't have clear. So you'll go to terminals of airports that have clear, and they go, yeah, not Terminal 4. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do clear, and you go, okay. Now, the clear experience has also kind of become a hell. The people that work at clear, let's just, can we use the term GED? These are not people that have graduated high school with the Regents Diploma or whatever kind of diploma you get. No, it's the people that are in a GED course. They're not the most motivated group of people. Uh, the people that work at Clear act like you've done something wrong when you need their help. They couldn't be less interested in helping you. They could not be less interested in getting you through this thing in a timely fashion. They are lazy and they do not care. I don't know where Clear finds these people. Perhaps they're people that aren't good enough, God forbid, imagine this, to be in the regular TSA. (laughs) They couldn't muster up the competence to be in the regular TSA, so they now handle clear. And they could not care less. The other thing clear now does is a random ID check every time. The whole point of clear was like, hey, it's quick, you don't need your ID, it's, you know, it's boom, you cut the line. We're taking your fucking biometric data so that we do not need your ID. We're, you're scanning my retina. Why would you need an ID? You're scanning my retina. I pay you money. I scan my fingerprint. My one-of-one one bio-identifier, what's the fucking big deal? So I get to Newark about... I don't know, 30, 40 minutes before my flight takes off, maybe 20 minutes before it closes, you know, like 20 minutes before the flight uh, closes. I don't, I don't know who these people are. I get so many people calling. It's like, I've, I've so many, like, and I talked to a lot of them, these, uh, telemarketers. These, well, yeah, t- t- telemarketer and people, but it's just telemarketing. And I watched that documentary on HBO, the telemarketers. Oh yeah. It was really good doc. And it was fun. But telemarketing in general, it's so bad now. No one's good. No one's even good at it. And they're not even telemarketing for anything that has any value. They're just It's just like health insurance and stuff like long-term care. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to Newark and I go, listen, I got, I, got a, I got a problem here. I go, I don't have my ID. 
but I'm a member of CLEAR. I say this to the CLEAR people, and they're just staring at me because they're all high. <laughs> I didn't mean crazy high. Like, the, the, the level of high that people are at CLEAR, mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing how fucked up they all are. They just see shapes. <laughs> they don't even know what's happening. They're just staring at you, and you're just a loud shape, like an undulating <laughs> sphere in front of them. So they're just staring at you like I'm not speaking the king's English when I say this. And I say, hey, I don't have an ID. I'm a clear member. That shouldn't be an issue. And they're like, they're like, we'll see. I go, yeah, okay. They run me through three times each time they want a random ID check. Each time. Again, after scanning my eyes and my thumb, guys, what are we doing? So then they bring me to the person uh, who's supposed to sign off. You know, what, clear afterwards, somebody has to walk you from the clear thing to the security, uh, you know, line and then, you know, clear it with the person who's checking in all the regular people and go, look, this person's clear and show them your boarding pass. I go, here's my boarding pass. So they bring me up. They go, this guy doesn't have an ID. They go, okay, we'll try to get a supervisor. I stand there 20 minutes. No supervisor comes from the regular TSA. Like nobody comes. They don't even come and tell me to fuck off. I have a copy of my license on my phone. I have a photo of my passport on my phone. I'm like, I left my passport at my house. I have these photos and I'm clear, meaning that they just scanned my fucking eyes and it's me and no one cares still. No one cares. Not only does no one care, but nobody tries to help, okay? The clear line is now getting pretty long and now people have left. The clear people do this. Sometimes you'll show up to the airport and then the clear people have gone away. They're no longer working. They're at lunch, truly. They're gone. They're somewhere else. So now you've paid money to be part of this service that operates when it wants. <laughs> they are. They kind of operate when it wants. And God forbid you have a problem. And this idea that if you don't have an ID, you can't get on a plane. I thought the whole premise of Clear was that we have your bio information. So if God forbid there's ever an issue, you're okay. You're a member of Clear. And that wasn't the case. And I'm just saying out there to all of the clear people that may or may not hear this message, it's becoming a cumbersome process that's not enjoyable for people. They try to sell you things. They try to get you to add people onto your clear while you're going through clear. It's never enough. Can you add this person? You know, it might make sense. You're traveling. Is this your first time traveling? Yeah. Why don't you add him to your account? That way you can get through. That way he can have all the problems that you have with this service. I'm just saying it's going to be one of those things where if they improve it, because it does the premise of it is good. If it's improved, it's great. But this idea, this random ID check all the fucking time, which slows everybody down. They check everyone's IDs. Everybody's rifling to get their idea. What, well, then what are we all doing here? Why don't you just do... It's the same thing. We'll all bring our ID, and then you just let us cut the line. Why are we paying to be in a biosecurity system that has no value? Because we're fucking, people are getting their ID, or God forbid if they don't have their ID. And I mean, I know it's not a problem everyone has. Like, a lot of people have their ID, but it is a problem that people can have. People lose a wallet. They leave it in an Uber. Something happens. Mm -hmm. And they go, fuck, at least can I get home? 
I'm a member of Clear. And then Clear's like, I don't know. Also, why don't you just hire a few people that are not straight out of rehab? Like just a few people on the Clear team that aren't straight out of like a work release program, if you could. Because everybody there could not be more out of it. It makes the regular TSA look amazing. Mm -hmm. And the regular TSA is horrible for the most part. Not all of them, but I mean, have you ever, I mean, Christ almighty, the regular TSA is bad enough. The people on clear, it's like, God damn it. What happened here? So that's my, it's just my warning for clear. It doesn't mean that, uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to have the same fate as Airbnb, but it just might. It just might if people don't get their act together. You know, and it's just like, they don't explain the situation. The clear people just drop you off. They go, yeah, he doesn't have an ID. He wants to fly. That's your whole service. That's the whole thing I signed up for. They act like I'm nuts. When I when I signed up, they go, yeah, you don't even need your ID because mm-hmm. you're in the system. And then they look at me like, he doesn't have an ID. He's a fucking lunatic. He's probably a terrorist. <laughs> he doesn't want to fly. Instead of just being like, this man... Doesn't have ID. However, you know, he's in our system. He flies all the time. He's got it on his phone. Like, there was no... Nobody's trying to help you there. So that I had to fly private, which I didn't want to do. I didn't want to waste the money. Thank God our jet broker, Dirk, is uh, was available that day, unless I would have missed the show in Carnegie Music Hall, which ended up being a great show. But I'm just saying, these are the things that Unfortunately, you notice when you travel a lot, and traveling's terrible now because everybody's overworked. I've mentioned it a lot. Everybody's stretched to their limit. Flight attendants, you could see it in their face, want the plane to crash. You could see it when they take off. Like in bad turbulence, some of them just smile now. They want (laughs) to die because we've made it Terrible for them. We've let monsters on the plane. Anytime I'm on a plane that doesn't have an incident, there's no shouting, screaming or anything. There's no hygiene issues. There's no, I mean, thank God. I'm like, I'm because it's a zoo and it's become a zoo and the pilots and flight attendants and the crew all are so fed up with dealing with people. And every day there's a report of some near miss. Two planes grazing each other. You know? British Airways crew who claimed they were mugged in Brazil had spent the whole night drinking, forcing flight to be canceled. (laughs) I don't even blame them. The people that are up in the air right now are all using some type of uh, drug to get through it, just to get through it. They're on drugs or they're drinking. The pilots, every all of them. Mm-hmm. You know that movie Flight? That's all of them all the time. Where they're all, if they have 48 hours before their next flight, it is a nonstop drug and alcohol binge <laughs> from when they land the plane to when they get back on again. Mm-hmm. They have the shakes when they get back on because it is so traumatic flying now with members of the American public. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what's going to transpire. Who's going to open a door? 
who's going to open the hatch in the middle of the air? They have to land. You know that? So people are basically just like, yeah, as soon as I get off this plane, shoot me up with heroin until I get back on because I can't stand it. People are disgusting. They're violent. They're drunk. They're on drugs. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what seat they're in. They're fighting each other in the sky, 30,000 feet in the sky. And these people who are getting paid little, not a lot of money, have to deal with it. The pilots can't leave the cockpit. So it's the flight attendants that have to deal with the chaos. The pilots are not allowed to leave because somebody will run in and do a 9-11. So if you got a military pilot in there who could maybe go in the back and go, hey, what the fuck's going on? But you can't do that because the minute the cockpit door opens, some lunatic runs in and they try to do 9-11 again. So it's all the flight attendants that have to deal with the entire thing. So I'm just saying top to bottom, which is why I'm very happy. I got a few more months of of live shows, which we love, and I'm taking you know eight months or a year while I won't be on the road uh, the way I've been on the road, because I've been touring since 2021, on and off, and I've been on a lot of planes. I've been on a lot of flights, international, domestic, everywhere. Everywhere from fucking Auckland, New Zealand, uh, you know, to Dallas, right? I've been all over the world, and I will say that there is nothing quite like, um, you know, a United flight or an American Airlines flight. There's nothing quite like a raucous American Airlines flight or Delta or, God forbid, Southwest. I don't fly Southwest. Mm-hmm. Although they seem to be a bit friendlier. Like, the people in Southwest seem to be a little happier that they're, you know. But there's nothing like a group of entitled Americans. And a lot of the boomers now are flying. Like, the boomers are flying in, in, in large numbers now. And the boomers are flying to go visit and torture and torment their children. This is why boomers are traveling all over the country is to go to where their children have been forced to live and laugh at them. This is what boomers like to do. They go, that you pay this for that? That's the whole point. Anytime a boomer gets in a plane, it is so that the plane can land and they can go uh, to their child, uh, their children's house and go, oh my God, this is what, this is what you're living in? This is how you live? And the reason for that is because boomers refuse to sell their houses. Boomers are 85 years old, riddled with four cancers, and will not sell their house unless they make $900,000. They have impoverished an entire generation of people that cannot get into the real estate market because boomers themselves refuse to leave. There's all kinds of articles about this now, and it's hilarious. Boomers will not relinquish their hold on suburban real estate in America. They won't. They won't do it. If they took a little less money, for example, for their house, if the boomers went, you know what? I'll take a little less money for this house and I'll I'll just put it back on the market so that someone else could have a shot. But boomers are sitting there. They've got 17 pills they take every day just to stay alive. And they pick up the phone and the real estate agent goes, maybe we could do this. We can get you this. And they go, absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
you will never get this house for under 1.9. They refuse to leave because it's their biggest coup d'etat. The, the, the boomer having a McMansion in, in a place like Long Island is the thing that they have that allows them to, they're the lord of the manor, mm-hmm. and they can, they can impress upon their children what failures they are because they don't live in the, in the style that the boomers live in. Now, the boomers, of course, will leave out all the advantages they had to get said house, but they will not relinquish that because that is the thing that they have. You know, this is the thing that they have. This is the way that they judge. It was an article, Why Boomers Will Not Move Into uh, More Size-Appropriate Homes, which oh. I love because boomers are, you know, if, if anything, they are selfish. They like themselves, which makes them funny. That's what makes them really, really funny. Um, and the reason that they won't leave these houses is because they cannot imagine trying to live in, in, in a more simple way, even in like the twilight of their days, in the twilight of their days, they need more space. And then their millennial children can't afford any of this. So they're on planes now complaining about everything, waiting for the plane to land. So their first stop is going to go to their children's house and then go, oh, my God, you're, it's so small here. It's very small. I mean, I feel so bad for your Janet. You know, when we were coming, I mean, we worked harder than you guys, of course. And we had a lot more to deal with. But, you know, at least you got something for your money. You got a little something. It's like you're the reason. You're the reason. We we have the oldest Congress in American history. These people will not retire. Boomers hold on for dear life to everything, to everything. They are falling down in the halls of Congress. They will not leave. They will not quit. This is why the world looks the way it does. It's being run exclusively by like elderly boomers who will not leave. They they are afraid of not running the show. Um, you know, they will not, yeah. According to a recent Merrill Lynch retirement study of more than 3,600 respondents, 49% of retirees didn't downsize in their last move, and 30% actually ended up moving into larger homes. This is how sick some of these people are. They go, I'm 100, and I want more. I want a bigger home. I want a bigger home to show my kids what losers they really are. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. I want a mansion now to show my kids how much better I've done than them. They will not let go. They will not let go. Diane, what's her name? A Feinstein died in office. She was a corpse for years. Died in office. Our president, he will not step aside. He won't step aside. It's, it's, it's kind of a common thing to the, the whole boomer thing is just hold on to it. Hold on for dear life. But I see them, you know, when you get on a plane, obviously there's people of all ages, but you'll just kind of key in on the boomers and they're just kind of, it's very judgmental. And, you know, they're in like economy plus. You know, they paid just a little bit more. They've paid just a little bit more so they can harass the flight attendant a standard deviation more. 
than the people in the back. They have a little bit of status, and maybe some of them are in first. Who knows? But they're all just traveling to some city where their children live, and they can go and judge them for how they live. And they never make the connection that, oh, none of us have put our homes back on the market. None of us have, God forbid, taken a little bit less and simplified our lives, you know, so that we have, we're effectively locking out. Because, by the way, guess who loves the Black Rock and everybody giving everybody crazy money? The boomers. Mm-hmm. They go, yeah, you you give me that $2 million. They love it. They love it. They'll tell you. One of the favorite pastimes of anyone over a certain age, they'll tell you what they can get for their house. <laughs> Immediately. You don't, you don't even ask. You do not even, and they do it on holidays, like on Christmas and stuff. They didn't. They know why they're doing it, too. They know exactly why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They sit immediately. They go, yeah, yeah. They go, you want to hear something crazy? And you're like, okay. and usually when someone says that, you want to hear something crazy, yeah. you would think they're going to tell you something crazy. <laughs> you know, like some crazy story they heard. When a boomer says you want to hear something crazy, they just want to tell you the exact amount of money they have. That's exact. They go, no, no, no. Come here. Listen to this. I bought this for two hundred thousand. You know what they tell me I could get now? One point eight. Isn't that something? But guess what? I ain't leaving for under two. <laughs> and they're telling this to the people that are in mired in student loan debt. Okay, that are living in an apartment where the rent is being raised every year, and they're trying to hold on. And the whole boomer thing is to just go pick this up for a pretty penny. Picked this up for almost nothing, and now this is, you know, pretty good. It's worth a lot of money. Um, it's amazing. How unhealthy our society is is truly amazing. The 30% of boomers moving into larger homes to retire is genuinely one of the funniest things I have ever heard. We have a housing crisis <laughs> in America. We have a housing shortage in the country. There are... People right now that have been locked out of home ownership for a decade, maybe more, because of the price of homes and the interest rates right now, things would have to tumble so much to just get back to a regular. And boomers are responding to that by saying, hey, we're going up. We're actually scaling up. We've decided there's a few more rooms we have we don't need to use, you know? It is kind of amazing. Mary Ballsmas from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebration is starting early this year? Turns out that the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? You know who I'm talking about. Folks, it's Manscaped. Their brand-new performance package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new lawnmower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're getting naughty. By going to manscaped.com, use code TIMD. For 20% off plus free shipping, unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Everybody uses Manscaped and should. If you're not, you're crazy. The other things on the market, like the Norelco Body Groom, kind of suck. Manscaped Performance Package 5.0 is the ultimate bundle for a man who deserves it all, including in this special sack is a lawnmower 5.0, the Weed Whacker 2.0, ear and nose trimmer, which also comes in handy, Manscaped's liquid formulation, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This fifth-generation trimmer features two next-gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. Get 20% off. 
Free shipping with code TIMD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code TIMD. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Folks, I'm telling you right now, e-commerce thrives during the holiday season. But if you're doing an e-commerce business at all in any capacity, the last thing you need to be doing is worrying about your back office. You need to be worrying about the origination of new clients, marketing, and of course, the ideas, the engine of your business, whatever it is you're doing. You know, edging out the competition, being better, being sharper, smarter, more unique, more original. You do not need to be worrying about shipping. So you need a service like ShipStation that automates that entire process. They work with all the major carriers. They set up an easy interface that shows you what's got sent out, what's been received. USPS, UPS, get discounts up to 84% off both of those. 130,000 companies have scaled their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. 98% of all companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Isn't that amazing? You can quickly and easy update crucial order information, reducing errors. They work with Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. Go to ShipStation.com, use promo code Tim Dillon, and get your free 60-day trial. So literally, this entire holiday season, you're using ShipStation for free. Automating everything, your entire back office, 60 days for free. ShipStation.com, if you use the code Tim Dillon, T-I-M-D-I-L-L-O-N. I mean, that's a great deal, and it's a great way to make your business efficient and profitable pretty early on. I may sh uh, ship my dead schizophrenic mother's art by using ShipStation. Zuckerberg is out there. Mark Zuckerberg is out there doubling down on the metaverse. He, for a while, we thought, like, the metaverse might be dead or that the metaverse, you know... Maybe all future wars will be fought in the metaverse. I was thinking about that mm. the other day. I'm like, you know, we all, we all, you know, or I certainly do. I bemoan the idea of everything becoming digital, right? This idea of like a complete digital sphere that we all must exist in. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the carnage happening all over the world, specifically in Gaza right now, right? And you go, God, if we could find a way to digitize conflict, why are you making a face? Well, it just it sounds very matrixy, like people in pods. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what are you nuts? Of course. That's the whole thing. God, they're bright, these people, huh? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very matrixy. That's the fucking point. That's the thing. You know, the growth in parasocial relationships is big. You know, that everybody saw that movie Her. Mm. Everybody saw that movie Her, where Joaquin Phoenix was in love with his, you know a Siri or whatever, and everybody was like, wow, that's far out. Well, it's not far out. <laughs> it's uh, actually here. Right. There's a lot of parasocial relations. People have them with comedians. They have them with celebrities. They have them with influencers. They have them with OnlyFans. The people that are on the internet all the time, there's people that feel like they are dating them. Oh, the he, I'm dating him. If I just knew him, if I just met him, I'd be his girlfriend. I got a shot. That's how crazy the parasocial realm of this has become. There are people right now, everyone has turned into a little bit of a stalker with the way that things are now. Everybody who enjoys anything is a little bit of a stalker uh -huh. now. They're like, <laughs> well, you know, ooh, they, he, he ate at that restaurant. I've been there. I wonder if he'll go there later. Like, it is a little weird, the idea of how attached people get to people on the internet 
and they have this parasocial thing where they feel like they're your friend or your girlfriend. You just don't know it yet. That, by the way, used to be what schizophrenics thought. Like, if you climbed into Taylor Swift's backyard, you were a schizophrenic because you were a stalker and someone had to shoot you. Like, one of her security had to come with a gun and kill you. Now, if you send her messages and you look up her house on Zillow and you read every article about her and, you know, you're a good fan. Now you're a good fan. You know, you purchase, uh, you love a comedian, you buy a meet and greet or you yell out something during the show because you're like, I just want to speak to this person. Again, it used to be disruptive. Now you're a good fan Mm -hmm. because the level of parasocial has grown to a point where people are no longer happy and content to enjoy the thing that someone's doing. They have to be a part of it, Mm -hmm. which used to be the realm of stalkers. It used to be the realm of someone who was a problem. Like, that's an issue, you know? But the attachment that people have now on the internet to people they've never met and probably will never meet, but they believe in their head that they'd be great friends or romantically involved with said person is crazy. And it's not a comment on the person out there. It's a comment on some fan bases or some people out there, and I think it's across the board. I don't even think it's just hot people. I think it's people that people find uh, quirky or interesting. or It's like the attachment that people have to people is unhealthy. But it is seemingly irreversible. Meaning, I brought this up at a dinner the other day. People are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, we got one. Like, <laughs> because, you know, people will casually tell you they've messaged someone every month or every week for as long as they've known that person. They go, yeah, occasionally I'll get a message back. And I go, oh, yeah, but you shouldn't. That's crazy. They go, so? So what? I understand if you message me and you're like, you Zionist pig, you don't ever call, like one guy goes, <laughs> don't ever call yourself Irish again, you Zionist pig, you pig. I'm like, number one, I don't call myself Irish. I don't shit in the street. My family left Ireland and we came to the new world, okay? Um, and I don't know what makes me a Zionist pig other than having this, uh, no addition beyond who's going to co-host a show now. Um, she just hasn't shown up the last couple of episodes. <laughs> But what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, the parasocial realm is very interesting. So that, that was the one thing that's very interesting to me. It feels like an irreversible thing. Mm. It, it doesn't feel like it's going away. And I, I, I think this thing, uh, this, this metaverse thing that Mark Zuckerberg has been pushing, which essentially is just a more immersive social media experience than the one you have now. Augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever. And his company has been pushing this. I remember during the insanity of um, the NFT, at the height of the NFT, I feel like an old, but you know, at the height of the NFT gold rush, the metaverse was talked about. People came to me and I was in Miami. They go, you got to be the first comedian in the metaverse. You got to be the first comic. Because there were like little comedy clubs in the metaverse where you would perform virtually to groups of people. And there were people out there that would be like, oh, wow, this is... So, so the reality is Zuckerberg's dream 
And all of this stuff, by the way, about tech, and we'll add all these articles and posts, but all of this stuff, all of these studies are coming out now about how detrimental tech is Mm -hmm. for teenagers. It's causing higher rates of suicide. It's causing uh, a lot of image issues, body image issues. It's causing uh, an uptick in anxiety, specifically amongst young women, but also young men. Like, uh, 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 anxiety and depression are huge now for teenagers because of tech. Social media and mental health. I mean, this is, this, this is the huge thing that tech companies really don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about this at all. They don't want to hear about how vulnerable children are being exploited uh, for profit and we're ruining a lot of their lives and their mental health. They don't want to hear it. And... And their whole thing is, I think Mark Zuckerberg's probably, he goes, yeah, but you know why that is? There's still an outside world. We haven't transitioned fully into the metaverse. Once we're fully in, once we've all uploaded our consciousness, once we're fully in the metaverse, we'll take care of it. But yeah, it's probably confusing for those kids that they still, they're still an outside. People are now staying inside more. This is a big article that I read the other day. Cities are lonelier, American downtowns are being abandoned, that's for many reasons, but people are online more. People are spending more time on their computers. We never can, um, you know, we, we've never kind of fully came back from COVID when the exponential growth of, of digital stuff got really wild. And we're still, we're still there. And we're probably going to stay there. It doesn't, show any signs of abating. Like this idea that most social interactions are originating online. Children now are digitally native. Zoom meetings for work. People working in hybrid work environments. Um, All of this stuff doesn't seem to be going away. Uh, Certain people have doubled down on it. And Zuckerberg is, is basically going out now and saying, hey... You know, we need to we need to get in here. Pretty soon, I think we're going to be at a point where you're going to be there physically with some of your friends and others will be there digitally as avatars or holograms. And they'll feel just as present as everyone else. Or you'll walk into a meeting and sit down at a table. There will be people who are there physically and people who are there digitally. But also sitting around the table with you are going to be a bunch of AI guys who are embodied as holograms and are helping you get different stuff done too. That's his dream. That's the guy's dream. That's where we're going. This is where this is where he's been going. And 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 boomers won't die first. They'll be there. So you're going to have your racist aunt digitally there. <laughs> At Christmas, what if boomers upload their consciousness and never leave? Mm-hmm. What if they never leave? What if right as they're going to die, a switch gets flipped and all of a sudden, you know, everything becomes possible and just for all eternity, you know, people are like, oh my God, hello, I'm here. I, you know, I don't really miss my body as much as I thought I would. Like, they just never leave. It's very possible they never leave. And this man is doing that. Mark Zuckerberg's giving them hope. He's giving them hope. They go, fuck it, sell my house. I might not even die. 
I might be around forever if I'm a hologram. Why would I need a smaller house if I'm a hologram? <laughs> what does that mean? I worked my whole life to be a hologram. I'm going to live in a smaller house just because I'm a hologram? It's it's getting to a point where it's crazy, but I'm, I'm reading a lot of this stuff, and a lot of it is very interesting. There's a book right now called The Dimensions of the Cave, which I just started reading, which is very fascinating, and it's about artificial intelligence and you know creating AI people eventually. And it's about a journalist, a fiction book. It's about a journalist who uncovers a secret government program um, that's creating these people. Um, and it, it, it does seem interesting to be at this point because at this point, it does seem like there's ample evidence to go out there and go, hey, we need to limit technology in, 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 in a myriad of ways, but specifically for, for developing adolescents. You have to limit it. There's mountains of evidence. So it's all back now. We have all the evidence now. All the evidence is in. We should limit technology. However, we have all the evidence on TikTok, by the way. And I mean, you know, we know what it is. We know what TikTok is. Now, you don't have to, I'm not saying you have to ban it or whatever, but we, we know what it is. We know, forget the privacy concerns. We, we know what problems are there. We know what issues there are. Um... You know, we know that it is your your data, your your information. It is going, in, you know, but that's all of these places, right? It's why we can't take uh, the Republicans seriously when they start yelling and screaming about TikTok. Mm-hmm. I love how, by the way, something uh, I thought of this the other day. It all started with Donald Trump being like an agent of Russia, you know? And now literally the thing that they're getting him on is that he inflated the price of his condo. Yeah. Like that's how far it's fallen. And by the way, who's the victim of that state farm? <laughs> Lloyd's of London, like an insurance company? Mm-hmm. It's just so funny. That, like, it started where they're like, he was hand-selected by Russia. He's been working with them for years, and they elected him, and now he's the president. And then after none of that came true, four years later, they're like, he said it was worth $38 million. It would barely sell for twenty nine. It's like, that. what? That's what you got? Mm-hmm. After doing all the digging and finding all of the things... After marshalling all of the resources to pull that guy apart for years, the thing you get him on is that he inflated the price of real estate, which every developer, every owner, everybody has always, that's the whole point of owning real estate is to say it's worth more than it is and get someone to buy that and believe that. That's every homeowner in, 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 in the burbs going up to the appraiser and going, well, I think this is about 600000 right? And the appraiser's like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you. I think that's what, you know, up the block. That guy sold for six fifty. He doesn't even got, you know, I got a bar in my back. Right? He doesn't even have that. So this idea that the only thing we're able to get the guy on, mm-hmm. outside of the January 6th stuff, but like, you know, which is it's formidable. I get it. But like this idea that Americans are going to be enraged that he inflated the price of his assets, mm-hmm. that Americans are going to be like, I can't believe it. Well, that office building, he said, was worth $300 million in downtown. That was probably $170 million at best. People can't even comprehend these numbers. Mm-hmm. These are not even comprehensible numbers to the vast majority of people that live and draw breath on our planet. They have no idea. 
Manhattan real you cannot explain Manhattan real estate to people that don't live here. They don't understand. They don't understand why an office building's worth three hundred million dollars. The entire operating budget of like the county they live in, mm-hmm. one building, and the idea that people are going to be like impassioned by this. We are disgusted. We are disgusted that he would inflate the price. Yeah. It's all, it's all anyone does, by the way. It's all, and let's go open the books on everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's go open the books on all of these billionaires. Are you telling me that billionaires are inflating the price of their assets to get loans? You can't be serious. I am shot. I am, by the way, Bill Clinton on Epstein's debt 20 times, never reported. Mm-hmm. Not reported. Barely. Couple articles. No one really cares. No one cares. Multiple times. Some of that is Secret Service. The biggest human trafficker that we know of, he's on a plane about no one cares. Donald Trump, they're like, well, you know that that's not worth what he said it was, right? He said it had eight bathrooms. It had six. It has a powder room. That's a powder room. It's not a full bathroom. <laughs> that's not a full bathroom. It's a powder room. It's psychotic. That's not an eat in kitchen. What are you nuts? <laughs> You see, he said it was Eden. What about the guy that was on the human traffickers' plate? Well, he's been honest about his assets. <laughs> That's what I care about. I care about somebody honest about their assets. If you say it's a fifth bedroom, but it's set up as an office and it doesn't have a window, it's not a bedroom. You go, what? I don't know. It's just very funny. It's such a funny thing. Only because it started at the fever pitch of he was installed by the Russian government. You gotta remember that's how it started. It started as he is a you now there's reasons to not like Donald Trump. There's reasons to not want him back as president. But it's very funny to me to start, like it's like if the 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 principal of your school called you in and they were like, uh, we think your son is a school shooter. And you go, Oh my God, what happened? Did you find a manifesto? What did you, I mean, oh my God, you're crying. You're on the way there with your husband. Our baby is the killer. What did we do wrong? I can't believe it. And you get there and you find out that like the reason that they think your kid is a school shooter is they found him like, you know, with his friends, like doing some dumb TikTok dance with a gun thing. That there's like, there's a gun, like in the TikTok dance, there's like a gun, like a rap, and it's like some rap song. And that's why they're all upset. And you go, wait, that's why you think he's going to murder everybody? Yeah, well, we saw him dancing with a gun, like a little, his fake little gun there. And you go, what are you, an idiot? I mean, that's what it, that's what the Trump thing feels like. It feels like you start so high, you can't cash those checks. And then you get down, and then now we're at, he's inflate. I mean, can you imagine, by the way? It started at, it is the biggest Russian intelligence operation in human history. They've got, they've installed the president. It was the, that's the like premise of films. Right. (laughs) That's the premise of films that Russia has installed the president of the United States. He's being blackmailed by the Kremlin because he likes to get peed on by Russian whores. And now the movie... And now, so that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You pitch that, man, I'm all ears. I work at a fucking Sony, whatever, big movie studio. 
I'm I'm into that movie. I go, so wait a minute. So Russia installed this president. They're blackmailing him. They got a P tape. It's fucking great. Sit with me for this pitch. All right. Hey, thanks for meeting with us today. Okay. Get this, right? So the guy's really rich. Okay. He owns real estate. He inflates the price of it. Well, here's what I mean by that. Market value might be like 200 million. He says it's worth like 280. Yeah. Think of that. Is that not good? Is that not a great movie? Is that not fucking compelling? Is that not compelling to you? A rich guy saying he has more money than he does, like every rich guy? Is that not a compelling film? But that's how the movie changed, Mm -hmm. by the way. That's how the movie changed, from this guy was installed by a foreign government who's been blackmailing him for years, to, um, yeah, I mean, that condo's not worth that. That's, that's literally how it's changed. I love ear uh, earphones. I love listening to music, earbuds, pods, whatever you call them. But Raycon is the product I have. They they made a name for themselves in the audio space. Products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like 32-hour battery life and perfect in-ear fit. And this past year, they expanded their business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. It's amazing. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100 map power. I love this. I have it. I use it. It's essential to have in your house. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. This is one of the only competitors for you-know-who. And they have cheap products that are durable and great, and you can use them all the time. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. You don't. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash Tim to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash Tim to score up to 50% off Raycon products, buyraycon.com slash Tim. So now the rap, Young Thug, this rapper who's going away for a long time here, I think, they are now going to use his lyrics against him in prosecution. This is something that has been happening. Lyrics can be used as evidence during rapper Young Thug's trial on gang and racketeering charges. Let me catch everybody up to speed that isn't aware of this. In rap, people rap about crimes they committed sometimes. And a lot of those crimes are very, very accurate. Like, they literally say exactly what they did. And now prosecutors are able to take those lyrics and say, this is not, you don't have this artistic license, you're describing uh, something that happened in visceral detail, and we're going to use it against you. Here is my message to the rap community as a whole, because I have some advice. And you might look at me and go, wait a minute, you don't have advice. I do. Um, and this is uh, this is my message for the people in the community of drill rap and other types of rap. If you kill Frank on 6th Street, 
Let's just say that. Why not say you killed Bill on 8th Street? I'm not saying probably Frank and Bill are not the names of the people that are involved in this, perhaps. I'm just in my own head to keep it straight. If you, and I don't want to sound racist here, but you're going to sound racist by just saying what I'm going to say, but it's not racist. It's just, I'm trying to approximate this, okay? If you kill Daquan in the Bronx, say you killed Rosario in Queens. Make it up. You don't have to be that. I know it's credibility if you say the actual guy. You don't have, you can just fudge it. It's, you can fudge it. I know people have gotten very comfortable now where they could just literally go on and talk about a homicide, a murder they committed. But they are, all the cop, they are listening. So just fudge it. Go around it. Throw people for a loop. Throw them for a loop. You know? Use fake names. Use fake locations. You can still get the message across, is my point. My point is you can still get the message across. You don't have to be glaringly accurate about every murder that you've committed. Every single murder that you've committed... You're going to be accurate. You're like, yeah, we fought right outside of the bodega on 17th. I shot him in the head. And it's like, hey, 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 hey. Say it's the fish spot on 79th. And you could have a fun little chart in the room when you're writing rhymes. You could go, I said, what did we really do? Well, we shot this guy outside of the bodega change bodega to fish spot, and say we shot a woman. What about that? That'll really, that'll throw everybody for a loop. But you have to lie. You have to lie. Like comedians, we'll make stuff up sometimes. People make stuff up, not me, others. My point is that a judge has said that lyrics will be admissible as evidence in the trial of star U.S. rapper Young Thug. A lot of people are not into it. It's been decried by free speech groups like Jay-Z and Coldplay. I love Coldplay. Coldplay's like, don't use our lyrics. Don't use our lyrics to call us faggots. Like Coldplay somehow involved in this. Don't you dare use lyrics against people. You might listen to our songs and think we're pussies, but that's not true. Don't use our lyrics. There's a lot of people going down right now. 28 people were initially charged, including uh, another chart-topping rapper, Gunna, who's got great music. I love all of their music, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the way I feel, and this is a controversial thing, but I say let sleeping dogs lie. And here's what I mean by this. Can't everyone start with a fresh slate? <laughs> like, they should go to a lot of these rappers and go, okay, the killing stops now. And then if they don't kill anymore, it's like, okay. Because it's part of the thing. It's part of the game. I don't condone it. Prosecutor Simone Hilton quoted lyrics in court. Quote, I just beat a murder rap. I paid my lawyer 30 for that. There's a few other lyrics in between that and then. Me and my slimes are above the law. Well, people, you know. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is why you have to. Mm -hmm. 
Start rapping about the cops being good. <laughs> Throw <laughs> everyone for a loop. Throw them for a loop. You can still do the killing. You can still go out there and do the killing and throw everyone for a loop. Eric Adams is the man. The cops are who I stand. <laughs> you know? It ain't easy to be a fucking cop. You know? Like, it may, maybe, that, maybe that's the move. Maybe, like, you go the other way. If you're a real gangster and you're ordering hits and killing people, maybe you go the other way and just do, do the Candace Owens thing. Candace Owens could be ordering hits all over the hood. We'd never know. <laughs> we would never know. So that might be the move. That might be the move. The move might be the more violent you are, actually you just stay very like, you know, pro-cops, mm. you know? Their new song that they're coming out with, um, which is, I don't know if this is a little suspect, but Young Thug's new song, Israel Has a Right to Defend Itself. <laughs> feels, I don't know. It just feels, you know, slightly a little patronizing, perhaps, a little opportunistic. Mm -hmm. Young Thug and Gunna's new song, Israel Has the Right to Defend Itself, Shalom. <laughs> Seems odd. See, we didn't talk about Israel and Palestine. I know some of you were like, <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting two in the weeds about Israel and Palestine. But I'll tell you this, um, I think it's better now. I think everyone's turning the corner. I believe that. Everyone feels that way. Um, I think Hamas has negotiated the release of some hostages. We're not going to get in the weeds on it. I'm just saying I believe that's uh, the case. I'm not. I, I agree with you because, by the way, I get upset with it, too. I get bored with it, too. Mm -hmm. You don't think I'm bored with it? But it is the biggest story in the world. So when things are the biggest story in the world, you have to say, hey. Houston, Texas, there's maybe no tickets left by the time. Oh, yeah, probably for Saturday night, two shows on Saturday night if this comes out in the morning. San Diego, Detroit, Toronto, Austin, Brea, California for New Year's, Columbus, Ohio, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., Northfield, Ohio, San Antonio, Dallas, Atlanta, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Boston, uh, Foxwoods, Atlantic City, Stand Up Live it will be announced very soon. Uh, Dania Beach Improv being announced soon, too, Fort Lauderdale, having some fun. Having some fun before we take a little break here. The movie Thanksgiving with Eli Roth on Addison Ray, Rick Hoffman, Gina Gershon, Patrick Dempsey, Milo Mannheim, Tommaso Sinelli, Tim Dillon, and others. There are others. I just can't remember everybody's name. Is coming out today. It's out today. Mm -hmm. How fun is that? Big news. Big news. Very cool. Well, we thank everyone for listening all the time. We thank you for seeing us, uh, supporting us here and on Patreon. And, um, you know, it's um, it's always a joy and an honor to do this show. We are uh, with you twice a week, um, and then we will see you uh, on the big screen if you go to Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed that as well. And um, the Wilbur Theater in Boston, we're going to be doing a special there in February. Grab tickets. We'll do a few shows there. Um, ticket links up. So... Good luck, everyone. And again, to the drill rap community, I'm a fan. I enjoy it. Again, if you kill Bill on 12th, you actually, we killed Ralph on 5th. If you kill, it's like Clue. If you killed Bill by shooting him outside of the bodega, say you killed Ralph with a knife by the fish spot. Not a big deal. That way the cops and the DA is going, wait a minute. We got Bill dead with a gunshot wound. 
they're saying they stab Ralph by the fish spot. Do you see how it works? Do you see how easy it is? Do you see how nice it is? Do you see how nice life can be if you let it? See how nice life can be if you let it? Lie about the people you're killing. Lie about the people you're killing. Drill Rap community, listen to me. Heed my warning like clear, like Airbnb. Lie about the people you're killing like the United States. We've had a good run and so can you. Good luck.